0: Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner?
1: Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. everything better than you found it sometimes that means not telling people just what they want to hear sometimes it means having a difficult conversation even when you really don't want to
2: welcome to the ziggler show i'm your host kevin miller and today we have jordan harbinger of the art of charm fame back with us after our main interview in the last episode where we talked about social skills in this show we're going behind the scenes with jordan to look at his own personal development where is he strong where is he weak Where are his personal habits to help inspire his true performance? If you didn't catch the first show, episode 489, make sure you get it. It's truly significant. It'll make this show even more valuable to you. And if you get value from this show, you know what to do. Please leave a review in iTunes and let us know. Here then I bring you round two with Jordan Harbinger. All right, so Jordan, we went deep into your personal development enterprise with the art of charm uh, and the gigantic issue and value of emotional intelligence. And I mean, you work at the heart of personal development. And while hitting so many areas, you have a primary focus on relationships, but looking at the overall, the Ziggler wheel of life, personal, physical, family, mental, financial, spiritual career, these areas where we want to be fully rounded in our personal development and in our success. I want to know about Jordan. I mean, in those, you, know, you look at those areas and, and, and think about that. Where are the spokes that for you really have been a great strength, maybe even carried you through some of the weaker areas, but the ones that have just been the solid pillars of your journey.
1: Sure. So man, there's so many concepts that I feel like have really, first of all, you can't teach this stuff without adopting some of it. I mean, we all seen people on the Mm -hmm. internet that do, but I definitely think that one of the major, major concepts that has really taken me through a lot of of garbage and also good times is leaving everything better than you found it. And I say at the, at the, at the end mm-hmm. of every episode of the Art of Charm podcast, leave everything and everyone better than you found them. And that's something that took me a while to realize, okay, this isn't just being nice to everybody, or it doesn't have to mean going out of your way and ruining your own life to make things easier for others. This could be as simple as, okay, I need to make this person's day better and not worse. I'm in a bad mood, so I need to work on instead of changing my own mood, I need to work on maybe focusing externally a little bit. And that will help change your mood. And the other things like leaving everything better than you found it, sometimes that means not telling people just what they want to hear. Sometimes it means having a difficult conversation, even when you really don't want to, because not saying something is actually worse. And so that leave everything and everyone better than you found them, it's, it's kind of a complicated, more deep concept than just smile at the barista, which is also very valid. Sometimes it's all right. I got to tell my friend he's overweight and that what he's ordering is bad for his health. And this is going to ruin. So this is going to put one of those downspins. He could get really mad about this and I'm not looking forward to that, but I also don't want to be at his funeral. So here we go. And that's part of leaving everything and everyone better than you found them. It's not the easy road all the time. And that's something I've internalized over the last decade. And that's, it's been very life-changing.
2: Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, you're talking about uh, personal awareness and sensitivity, but ultimately caring enough about somebody else. I, I mean, man, that's that's something that I have. As, I'm a people pleaser. It's hard to have those hard conversations even out of care. And there have been times when I've passed it up. And to their demise, I didn't, I didn't care enough to to tell them you got, you got something hanging out of your nose, buddy. And, uh, so is that something that just did, and I'm not trying to get you to pat yourself on the back, but just to be honest, say that was something that just kind of came naturally to you. It just resonated from day one.
1: Hmm. Let me think. Something that resonated with me from day one, and it doesn't matter where it came from, or did I miss the instructions on that? No, no,
2: no, but I'm asking that quality that you're talking about, being aware, being sensitive to others, and Karen, is that something that did, was it modeled for you as a kid? Not really, you
1: know, um, a little bit, yeah, I think more so than for most men it was, because my dad was working a lot, and my mom was around a lot, and she's kind of a sensitive person. Yeah and I remember early on being the kind of kid where I'd be sitting next to the pretty girl in, in first grade or something. And she'd go, my parents are getting a divorce. Mm. And I'd be like, what, why are you telling me this? You know? And then I'd be hanging out and talking with people and, and I'm talking as third grader or something like that. And somebody would say like, I'm stupid. I'm never going to get this. And I go, I don't think you're stupid. I think you're really smart. And this is just hard for you. And then that person would be like, you're the only person who likes me. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not true. And I just remember having conversations like that as a kid. And it was almost as if I could see this channel of communication or see the matrix and other people were totally clueless. However, there was other, were other social channels that I was completely clueless. Like when we got to choose musical instruments, I was like, I'm going to play the flute because it's really light. I mean, I've just never gotten beat up so many times <laughs> in a year, right? <laughs> but it never occurred to me that there... And I remember the old orchestra teacher going, I just want you to know there's no such thing as a girl's instrument and there's no such thing as a boy's instrument. And I remember thinking, why are we having this conversation? Of course there's not. <laughs> <'Cause-> <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone was like... You're the only boy in the entire district that plays the flute. Are you um? Are you stupid or what? And uh, twenty twenty hindsight, I sat next to all the pretty girls all the time and carried around a thing that was this big uh, instead of a giant saxophone. So that I had that going for me, but <laughs> there was other. It was like I was tuned into one channel, but the other channels. I mean, forget about it. It you know that you could you couldn't hammer it into me. I People got it. tried
2: though. Well, so speaking of channels, there again when we're talking about just your own fruition, uh personal development, your own journey. And as you my gosh, you've gone from from where you were before to now you are. And I know you talked in the last show that I'm not this huge celebrity, but dude, people know who you are. I talk to people and people know who you are. They know who the art of charm is. But along there, where have been the areas where you had to work harder? Take affirmative action, whether it was a personal development uh, aspect, or even just an area of success. You know that, that there was, fi- you know, finances were never your thing, and, and and you were being altruistic and not dealing with that, or um, or or a, f- a family area, or or some kind of a mental strength. Where have you have you, and maybe you still do? You got to put a little yeah. extra work in there. Doesn't come easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, I grew up as an only child, uh and so if this sounds so dumb to verbalize, but it, as only children will totally get this. It's sometimes hard to remember that you're not the only person in the equation because the other people I was dealing with in the equation back in the day were my parents and they were just kind of like, we give everything to our kid. And then sometimes it's like, ah, you know, we're adults and we got to do adult things. And I was like, all right, fine. So I would sit home and read or watch TV. And so I got used to doing the loner thing. And then usually for only children, if you play sports a lot, you get that whole team camaraderie, brotherhood thing yeah. on your sports teams. I played sports for a little while and then I would, I got injured in, in football. So I became like an administrator and a coach of the team. And so that was a lot of like me working on stuff alone or with adults and coaches. So it took me a long time, even in my own business to go, oh, wait a minute, I need to think about what other people at my same level are prioritizing. And it's not just a top down decision for me as a, as a football coach at age 15 or me as an only child bugging my parents until they say yes or tell me to go to my room and that sort of dialogue. And it took me a really long time and I still work on that kind of thing because it just doesn't come naturally. It's not a skill I built as a kid to negotiate with a sibling for something. I never learned that. So when I deal with my business partners who both have siblings, they're like, so you did this, 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 and this, and it never occurred to you to ask us. You're a crazy, selfish person. And it's like, okay. And then I would try to correct that behavior by being so giving that it was just detrimental to my own health. Because I thought, oh, the opposite of being selfish is to constantly put myself in situations where I'm a doormat. And it's like, uh, neither of those are healthy. And neither of those are good for the organization either. It's not a binary role and it takes, it's been a lifetime sort of learning process for me to figure out where that line is and where I can balance healthy priorities for myself while also making sure that other people are heard and get to express themselves or get their wishes taken into consideration.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks for stepping on my toes. I, uh, that's me right there. Uh, I have siblings that they're way younger. So I got to be the, the ruler, the little, the little ruler. And uh, there you go, autonomous decisions, my staff, my partners, that's a problem. So, thank you uh, for that. So, here's yeah. one you just got married. Uh, yes. So, in your relationship with uh, Jen, how long now? How many months? I've uh, been married for four months. Four months. So, anything in there relationally surprised you? Like, huh, didn't realize I was blind there, a little little off there. Anything um, hit well, you so far?
1: Let's see. I've, we, I, we, we were dating for so long before that I feel like it, not a lot has changed other than it's much more permanent now. <laughs> yeah. But I will yeah. tell you, there have been a lot of, I, we compliment each other well uh-huh. um, in that she's a very giving person and I probably am still an only child at heart. However, that can all, like I said, it can be very unhealthy because sometimes she'll go, oh, I'm going to come home early from my, class and make you dinner and I, I my reflex is to go okay and they're like wait no no don't leave a thing that you've been looking forward to all week early so you can make me dinner I can handle this you know but it's easier to say okay than to say no no no, no don't be ridiculous yeah. and so I've actually had to learn to step up and not let her be this sounds like one of those weird fake Things that you hear at a job interview. I've had to learn how to keep her from being so giving. This reminds me of those job (laughs) interview questions where they're like, "What are Uh your weaknesses?" And you're like, "Oh, I work too hard, and I'm too detail oriented." (laughs) But I've had to help her become not less giving, but help her become. I, I had to stop taking so much because it's easier than than. Thinking about what I can add to the relationship. Does that make sense? Uh, totally.
2: My next question is in regards to how Jordan does and doesn't want to be perceived by his audience. But to remind you, get engaged with Jordan and The Art of Charm Now at artofcharm.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Before this last question, here is a great opportunity for many of you. Goddard School. Have you ever thought about going into business for yourself, but were overwhelmed by the idea of doing it by yourself? Operating a franchise gives you the best of both worlds, the freedom of owning your own business and the support and resources of an established, successful brand. The Goddard School is a premier franchise of private preschools and provides you the opportunity to own a recession resistant business. While making a positive impact on children and their families, there's an ever-increasing demand for high-quality preschools and childcare. And having been a trusted name among parents and families for nearly 30 years, the Goddard School's proven educational approach ensures that children have fun while learning the skills they need for long-term success in school and in life. Children's daycare services earned a total of $47.8 billion in revenue in 2016 and are projected to earn $52.5 billion by 2021. When you become a Goddard School franchisee, you receive best in-class support from a team of knowledgeable professionals in marketing, advertising, finance, IT, and more. For more information or to apply to become a Goddard School franchisee, visit learnaboutgoddard.com. Dot com. That's G-O-D-D-A-R-D. That's learnaboutgoddard.com. I'm going to talk about your audience. Last question here okay. is uh, nobody with a platform, I don't think, who has any integrity goes without concerns for just, just how you tend to come off. And so, with Art of Charm, I mean, my gosh, huge show, millions of downloads, ten thousand plus, you know, five star reviews. It's incredible. But do you still have a place where you, a little angst of of how you do and don't want to come off of a little concern with with that?
1: It's a it's a weird balance because the audience is so high in number. Yeah, I can ask any question about opinions, and I will get a million replies about both of those things. So, for example, I spent years talking on the show about things that affected my own life because that was kind of a big part of the show. Sure. And then I got a lot of feedback like, well, you talk about yourself nonstop. Nobody cares. And so I stopped doing that. And then I got feedback that was like, hey, you used to do all these personal stories that made things really relatable and you stopped. Interesting. And so I started getting back into that. And then occasionally I'll get a piece of feedback that says, You know, all you do is talk about yourself. It's really annoying. And so I started to, I consulted a friend of mine who does a lot with branding and comedians and performers in Hollywood. And he's a television writer. And he goes, you need to stop worrying about the opinions Hmm. that contradict the person that you want to be. Because I worry way too much, have slash currently still do, about opinions of other folks who are consuming the Art of Charm podcast. And I'm not saying... And he certainly isn't saying, stop caring about what your audience thinks. That's not what he's saying. And that's not what I'm saying. But it's really easy to get 100 people saying, you changed my life. I love your show. And then you get one person who's like, you're an ass. And you go, oh, my God, I should just quit now. Right? You you know you look at your one-star review that you got and the other 99 five-stars and you go, this guy. Absolutely. How dare you? And you don't think, one in 100? Who cares? It's fine. I'm okay with that. There's no valid feedback here or there's some valid feedback there. They expressed it in a weird way, but you know, 99% of the people gave me five stars. So what am I crying about? I will focus on some of that negative. And it took me a long time to stop doing that. um, And it's still a work in progress.
2: Interesting, man. Thank you. I I relate to that. Thanks for just sharing a little bit of behind the scenes. I know when folks get up, uh, they they listen to folks like you and think, oh, you just, you got it all figured out. And to hear that uh, you're still striving is a big deal. It helps. Thank you. Yeah.
1: My pleasure, man.
2: Friends. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our next show is episode 491 where Jordan gives us his favorite Zig quote and value from it. We posted a question to the Zigler social media platforms and got some incredible comments. We'll play the clip from Jordan. Then my co-host Michelle Prince and I will share the comments and talk through them with you. If you found value here, thank the Ziegler family by leaving us a review in iTunes. We'd be incredibly grateful. Here is to you, inspiring your true performance.